0: The following podcast is a presentation of Project Entertainment Network. Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Hello, my friends. It's me, Jason A. Meiske creator and host of the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Now, Before I get into today's episode, I want to start by addressing that (laughs) things are quite messy right now, aren't they? We're in some very troubling times. I mean, you know, good grief. As if our everyday lives aren't crazy enough at the start of this year, then we had this whole, you know, the COVID scare in in the midst of that we've had this threat of some killer insects now we have this uh, major unrest and riots going on in the middle of a lot of social upheaval and it's you know it's it's just quite exhausting to think what's next you know what are we what are we going to be facing tomorrow but you know i i think that's why it's more important than ever to remember the thing that's going to help us get through All the darkest times in life, which is kindness. You know, me personally, I fully believe that if you just take a couple of seconds and be kind to everybody that you come across, doesn't matter who they are, doesn't matter where they come from, if you take a moment and be kind to them, 99.9999% of the time people are going to be kind in return. You know, it, it just takes a moment to turn somebody's dark day around. You know, we all have bad days. We all have... Those days where it just nothing has gone right, but then, you know, you went through the drive-through and the person in front of you paid for your meal, and all of a sudden the rest of your days lifted. You know, it doesn't take much. Check in on your neighbors, say hello to a coworker that you don't see very often, or that maybe that you don't like that much. Take a moment and get to know them better. And as I was saying a moment ago, say thank you. Give a genuine thanks. To those people at the drive-through hold the door open for somebody and smile or if somebody's holding the door open for you give them a real smile and say thank you it doesn't take much to be kind to somebody and i i don't want to get into a bunch of side tangents so i'm struggling here to keep this on track and i want to keep things short because you're here for the authors not for me not for what i have to say because nobody cares what i think I don't care what a celebrity thinks, and I'm no celebrity, so (laughs) you definitely don't care what I think. But that's the whole point of when I made this show, I did it in the way that I did it. I'm here to bring you authors. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter if you're white, if you're black, if you're Hispanic. It doesn't matter if you're gay, if you're straight. If you are an author, if you wrote a book, and now you're looking for a way to promote it, that's what this show is for. It's a safe place for authors. That's what I I wanted to do with this show. Because at the end of the day, all authors have the same dilemma, which is how do I get word out about my book? And, you know, it shouldn't matter where that author comes from or what they look like. It shouldn't matter at all. It should matter what they wrote. You know, you can judge the book for however you want. And that's why I have such a diverse background with this show of stories. And that's why it's also open to all genres. Because I want to have a mixture of titles available to you, just like our world is. Our world is a mixture of people. Shouldn't the authors be? So, I, you know, like I said, I'm not going to go into a whole... lot of things. I just wanted to take a moment and remind everybody, give a smile, be kind, and we're going to get through this together. And I am a believer that being in the arts, providing people with uh, content like this, whether it's the podcast or whether it's uh, a new book each week, is a way to help people get through it as well, because it gives them a distraction. And something that they can listen to apart from the doom and gloom that's on everyday news channels. You know, Turn that stuff off for a while. And you know, on the other side of that, doing this show, it's really blessed me. To provide opportunities to do some things that I prior to this would not have been able to do. Like meeting this week's guest, sci-fi author Robert Davies. Who is somebody who I've come to respect and admire as uh, not just an author, but as a fellow podcaster and uh, who, who gives out some fantastic tips to other writers out there in the world with the show Authors and Chains. And I had such a great time talking with him. We were talking about his love for sci-fi, his love for spy novels, and you know that mixture of which way to go with his writing, making stuff up along the way. Uh, he, he writes his sci-fi stories that go into the unexpected, and he's also a musician. And uh, not only does he do all that, he's a multiple award winner with a few of his books, too. So, oh, my gosh, it, it's a great show. Uh, it's a great interview, and I am really thrilled. And, man, let me tell you, we're, we're in for a treat again because once more, we have an author who provided me the reading. And, uh, you know, <laughs> as much as I love getting to sit down and do the editing on, a, uh, on an author's reading myself, it sure is nice when uh when they give it send it to me already done and edited and ready to go and because uh, then they're happy the author's happy they're getting it the way they want it and i'm more than happy to put this out there for the way he presented it to me and oh my gosh it's so good so good before we get over to that let's first say thank you to our sponsors and podcast friends starting with you store all out of warrensburg missouri they are the premier self-storage facility in the Warrensburg area, with two facilities, both of them fully fenced in, gated, more than 60 cameras recording 24 hours a day, and climate control available at both locations, you won't find a better place to go. Check them out online at ustoreall.net. That is the letter U, S T O R A L dot net. And, of course, my favorite writing software and sponsor of the show, Scrivener. I try to write every day, I really do, but uh, over the last two weeks I've had a lot of renovations going on with my house, so opening my laptop to do anything other than working on this show has been a stretch. But fortunately I do have the Scrivener app on my phone, so here and there I can squeeze in a few words at work, even though for whatever reason work has been extremely busy too, so but nevertheless... Scrivener is still my favorite thing. I do all of my writing there. Hey, check out this ad for Scrivener and find out how you can save 20% on your next order. Jason here. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and tell you about my favorite writing tool, Scrivener. As a bonus for Sample Chapter Podcast listeners, use code CHAPTER for 20% off your desktop version. Scrivener Writing Software, built by writers for writers. All right, thank you so much to Scrivener. And don't forget to get that code CHAPTER when you go to get your own copy of it for yourself. Make sure you also click the link in the show notes for Pop Goes to Culture Network. They have about half a dozen other shows over there like Fanatics and the Fan and the Amazing Nerd Show. And of course that flagship show, Pop Goes to Culture Podcast, who does all of their shows live on Thursday nights. Uh, get on over to their website at popgoesculture.com so you can find out how to get on their cast channel live on Thursday nights when they do their recordings. Finally, I want to say thank you so much to my newest podcast network that I'm a part of project entertainment network with a gathering of more than 30 shows now with some shows in there like monster attack matters of faith ink heist dr galvanic's odd tales and bazong just to name a few there are so many great shows to choose from so check out this advertisement for one of them and then click the link in the show notes to find
1: all the rest Hello, is anybody out there? Anybody? This is Jim Cobb. If you're hearing this, the worst has happened. I've recorded a podcast at the end of the world that will broadcast on channel PEN every Friday. It's all about the apocalypse, books, movies, TV, how much
2: food and water will you need in your bunker, all that kind of stuff.
0: Excuse me, sir. You're going to have to keep the noise down. You're in a library, and you're scaring the kids. The world hasn't ended
2: yet.
1: Sorry, ma'am. Shh. You're in the library at the end of the world with host Jim Conn. Fridays exclusively on Project Entertainment Network.
0: All right, that is it for our sponsors and podcast friends of the show. Hey, if you are a business looking for a sponsor spot for the show, then reach out to me at samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know that you'd like to partner up with me as well. But in the meanwhile, let's get us on over to our interview with the incredible Robert Davies. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sample Chapter Podcast. Hey, this week I am I am honored to get a chance to have another one of the authors from the Authors in Chains podcast, Mr. Robert Davies. Robert Davies is a born and raised Michigan kid with an overactive imagination and love of literature that eventually became a disease curable only through the odd, frustrating therapy of writing fiction. He's a Navy veteran, a musician, private pilot, and an erstwhile traveler, but today he stopped by here he is our guest Mr. Davies welcome to the show
1: Thank you Jason good to be here thanks for having me
0: Oh it is it is my pleasure it is my honor I am so thrilled to have you here uh had a blast with you uh, here a couple nights ago on your show
1: That was that was great fun we were uh, it's been a while since we had anybody on and you were a hit we you, it was a lot of fun we're <laughs> really glad you stopped by
0: uh, thank you. My kids have been teasing me nonstop that I couldn't keep my cigar lit because I was trying a different cigar. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, thanks, guys. That's, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how are you doing in there? You're in Washington now, right?
1: Washington State, uh, upper left corner of the country.
0: Okay. And, and you're doing well? You're keeping healthy?
1: so far um i wear my little mask when i go outside and most of the time i don't go outside so we're we're riding out covid i guess like everybody else and trying good. not to sneeze at people and otherwise good well. <laughs> good good glad
0: to hear it well so uh you've been writing for a little while now what was your introduction to uh, to writing or did you have that moment of like lightning bolt
1: no, I, I used to write essays and short stories, and and I never bothered to go anywhere with getting them published. It was um, back in the traditional publishing only days. Mm. There was no such thing as self publications, of course, because I'm a geezer. It's been a long, long time. So I, I knew I had a vocation for writing. Um, how well I did, it was another matter, and it just it kind of piled up over time. And and my daughter showed up and I had to raise her. And at the end of that process, you know, I thought it's time to give it a try. It just, it was a a can that had, that I'd kicked down the road long enough. And so I had a story idea that was, I don't know, orbiting around in my mind for a few years. And finally I sat down and started, and it was really weird because I thought, wow, I'm a journalism major in college. I I'm good with English, the language, the grammar, all of that stuff. And the vaguest idea how to write a book, I had to think about that for a while, <laughs> and do a little research just to find out what, what should I be doing, what how should I do this, and outline and exposition and all that kind of stuff was uh, alien to me because it was not literature focused. My all my writing was news and literary journalism. Uh, it was in fiction and so that was my first foray into fiction beyond just the goofy little stories that I wrote in my 20s and I gave it a try and self-published it because I couldn't get it querying back then was uh maybe as at least as hard if not harder than it is today so that didn't get me anywhere and that was when um self-publishing first started showing up and you could do this via kindle mm. and so I published it there and didn't do very well because as it is always the case it's all about exposure which you don't get unless you pay for it yeah and it languished for a little while and then i uh, through a mutual friend who was an author i discovered uh, my publisher phc press and gave them a call and it turned and the manuscript was delivered and the next thing i knew it was published and so it's <laughs> the uh, it's its it was the first of a of a three part series, which I may expand to six books but I don't know. Uh, but it was exciting and I thought, okay now i'm I'm doing this for real and it just went from there and um, I'm five books in now to my writing. Uh, one of them is with them at the, at the moment, my yet to be released book. so I have four up and running and and available and one of them is, in edit now, and then my my WIP is will make will make it six books. So it wasn't a singular moment; it was a, I guess, a time to to get off your butt and do it moment.
0: <laughs> that you know, I and I can relate to that. That was that was my moment. I was spending a lot of mornings catching up on my DVR or maybe playing a uh, a video game or something, and then realized one day I was like, this isn't going to get my book written. I, I better do some work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's you just get to a point of where you're you're you have enough uh desire to do it and you try um the desire is always there but timing wasn't right and then when the timing was right the desire had fallen off and it was sort of a perfect storm of okay i'm really going to do this and it's it wasn't as hard as i thought it was going to took a lot longer than i thought it would be but i mm-hmm. think that's probably true for most authors your first book is you're wandering through trying to figure out how to write a book and um Right. It took a long, it took a long time that was nowhere near as efficient as the second and certainly the third and fourth books, but you get better as you go. Well,
0: I like, uh, I, I picked up on her, uh, you write in the sci-fi genre. and I like how when you were describing a while ago, the stories that were orbiting around your head, that was a nice little touch. Why, <laughs> uh, why sci-fi? What was, was that just an always a dream of yours?
1: I think I, I it's probably my favorite genre, that in spy novels. And um, I think you, so spy novels, you have to have had some experience with it to write them accurately and, and to do well. Uh, so I tended to, and that by spy, I mean espionage, cold war kind of stuff. That was mm-hmm. the stuff that I read when I was young. It was either science fiction or it was John Le Carré or, or somebody in that vein. So mm-hmm. I really love science fiction um, because it's a, you can go to another place and live through the imagination of somebody else in places that, you know, space by itself is fascinating to me. But when you add the dramatics and the weirdness of nebulae and aliens and horrors (laughs) and bizarre treatment, it just makes it that much more fun. So it was a, it was an affinity at an early age. And I, I think I just thought I would be able to write it better. So that was what mm. what took me into science fiction. I've branched out since, but sci-fi is the base.
0: I, I really like, We're, I mean, at, at the heart, we're both fiction writers. And what I like about writing fiction is for the most part, we can just make it up. And sci-fi is really akin to that. Whereas your second love is the spy novels. My second love would be Westerns. But again, I would have to have more experience with that to be able to write an effective Western. I don't think I could do enough character information to cover up the fact that, yeah, I know what a bridle is, but probably hooking one up, I would fail and I'd be called out terribly.
1: Yeah, you know, it's, um, it's the the adage is that you can do whatever you want with the fiction part of science fiction, but you better get the science part right. (laughs) And that was, uh, you know, I I thought I knew more than I did. And when the reality of science fiction is whatever you're doing, when you get to that science part, if you're not steeped in it, uh, an expert skilled in the art, you better be on the on the line with research. And so the research that I have have had to do it was so tangential. It took me up into dozens of different directions, trying to get this one little bit written properly. <laughs> yeah. So it's you know, and it feels like quicksand. The harder you struggle, the deeper in you go. So it, it comes with a price, believe me.
0: Yeah do you uh, do you find yourself having to uh, or, or ever having to just like you know what I'm just going to make something up like uh, like with Star Trek and the inertia dampener. It's like, oh, yeah, they can't fly through I space did. and then just stop.
1: You know. <laughs> yeah, I did. What I didn't want was I wanted desperately to avoid things that were very cliche and not the least of which are wormholes because mm. the distance between things in the real universe is beyond staggering. And when and people who know that, who don't just look and say, yeah, it's a long way, but can quantify it, it's very difficult to get around that. And so I had to make up a rough Analog to wormholes, but I don't want to call them wormholes. It's been done a million times, and, I, and so I created uh, a network of threads through which you can travel and defeat time, space, and I called it the plexus oh. because it's a, you know, akin to a nervous system in its construction in my bizarre head. And each of these these tunnels were. You were able to get into them and out of them simply by the configuration of your engines. I made all kinds of stuff up, mm-hmm. uh, gave myself permission to lie my ass off is pretty <laughs> much what I did, and give physics the finger. Um, the laws of physics are unyielding, and but in the science fiction world, you can say, I don't think so, and do whatever you want. So yes, I have made stuff up and, and not as badly as, as you would think. I, I tried to stay close to the physical world as I can, but it's no fun unless you start really goofing with it. So yeah. I've made Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so it, long as you keep track of it so that you don't change it in the next Yes.
1: <laughs> you have to keep track of it. Oh yeah. I, my notes were voluminous that I, uh, because you can, it, it does, it scatters so badly and you can get the spelling wrong some mm. other time and think, uh, I just blew it. And so, yeah, you don't want to get called out on that. You have to
0: be really good. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going to say this was specimen nine, five, nine. All right. Yeah. Well tell us about this. It was, I love the idea that you wrote this, you put it out, and then it received a second life with uh,
1: BHC. Tell us about right. this. It's a, uh, it's a story about an ordinary guy. Um, maybe 300 years into the future i suppose i don't even remember how long into the future but it's we are as a society way beyond where we are today so uh interstellar travel is possible and and even i would say almost rote at this point colonization is well underway and it's a guy who's a, an ordinary figure uh, an engineer who worked in a repair facility on a very lonely mining world and he's called to go fix a piece of machinery in another system and he goes by himself in just an ordinary shuttle. It's not very dramatic. It's all very ho-hum and and boring, just kind of like a repairman getting in his truck and driving somewhere. Hmm. Along the way, he stumbles across um, an alien machine that he doesn't know about that grabs his vessel and vaults him through one of those little threads that I was telling you about Mm -hmm. uh, a long way halfway across the galaxy. And he ends up in a different place and is arrested, if you will, captured by aliens. He has never didn't know existed. And they throw him into a prison, which is built into a narrow Canyon uh, with gigantic walls on either side to make sure you don't escape. And it's a, a, prison that's meant to punish it's not a prison in in our definition or our terms of rehabilitation or anything it's a it's a pit full of vile people and it's dog eat dog survival and that's what he's found himself in with no rhyme or reason he doesn't know why he's there or how he came to be there Mm -hmm. but that's what he's forced to survive and he makes some friends along the way and they sustain him as they try to find a way out of this prison and that's where his adventure really takes off.
0: Wow, fantastic. And that's the one that you've got you're you're up to 5 or 6 books now?
1: No, no, no. This is, uh, I just finished the third book in okay. the first trilogy. I'm considering doing another three books, but I'm not convinced I'm going to do that just yet. I may, I'm, I'm charmed by other things at the moment, so I may not go back, but uh, the third book just went to the publisher at the end of last year, so it's in the, the process now of being published. The other two books that I have are standalone.
0: Okay. Yeah, I see your, uh, your Echoes of Esharam.
1: Esharam. Esheram. Okay. Yep. That's, that's book is... two in the specimen series. That's the sequel.
0: Yeah. And I like how the covers tie into like what you were saying with the, the nervous system of the body and the, yeah. it's, it's very uh, like, once you get that, you get the cover and it's awesome. So I'm going to jump over today's book and go into seventh life of Aline Lloyd.
1: Yeah. That's a paranormal romance tale, believe it or not. <laughs> don't ask me how I got started off on that genre. I still don't know myself and I regret it to this day. But yeah, that's a, that's current day set in North Wales in homage to my parental lineage. And um, it's a story about a, a, a fella who lives in Wales uh, after inheriting some property from a dead brother. And he's not. He just wants to sell the property. But he meets the neighbor girl on the other side of the hill, who turns out to be a, a lot more interesting than he thought she was going to be. <laughs> and they form a friendship. And and after the friendship gels and they have become very close, he discovers that she has um, some supernatural kind of powers that. Defied description. He's not sure what to make of it. He didn't believe it at first until she demonstrates it, and that gets his attention. And then we find out she has a secret that goes way beyond her telekinetic powers. There's something very different and odd about her, and Aline has lived seven times, and she is in her seventh life so there's we have a little bit of a reincarnation thing happening it's a different take on reincarnation and it's very very celtic mm-hmm. uh, it's actually uh, it's her her original life was as a druid priestess in okay. the in 800 or so or 1500 years ago in the 800s so that's where she started and now she is in her seventh life and it's a different world now than it was <laughs> back in the in the iron age britain so and, uh, they get they have some interesting adventures uh, mostly because of a few mistakes that she has made with those telekinetic powers. I'll, I'll tell you that she's, she's oh, done some okay. bad things with them so, and they've oh, caught man. up with her <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> All right well I won't I won't ask any questions. That's a great teaser in her so people can check that out. There you go. That's awesome. Well uh, so then today's book that we're going to be hearing from here shortly. When the River Ran Dry. And this yeah. is a uh, 2019 Silver Medal Award winner uh, for Sci-Fi. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Well, it was uh, actually 959 won my first silver hippie, uh, which was very gratifying. But this one, of all the books I've, I have written, this is my favorite. I like this one the best. But I was very happy when it also got a silver because it's my I don't know why, but I just attached to this story. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, give us the, uh, give us the elevator
0: pitch. What's, uh, what's happening in this?
1: Uh, something bad happens on the earth. It's really bad. Something that would wash away. I would think at least two thirds of the population hmm. leaving those behind. And I don't go into what the disaster it is. It could be a comet or a meteor hitting the earth. It could be a gigantic war. It could be COVID on steroids. Who knows? Um, but it's about 150 years in the future in, in what we would recall or regard uh, as humanity's second rise from what was left over. My character is a street hustler in a huge city. Most of all people, most people are, are gathered together in city states in, in the way you would think of the Greek city states from long ago. That was where the power lies. That's where the populations are. Mm -hmm. There's not much in between Um, the, I call it the area between the cities, which is vast. I call it the broadlands and agrarian societies live there. Uh, People who grow crops or provide minerals, diggers to for consumption in the cities. There's not very many of them, Mm -hmm. but my character is a street hustler on the surface of a gigantic, sweltering urban colossus. And that is where he, he finds the things that are, mildly to profoundly illegal and provides them to the people in the buildings way up above the the it's a bifurcated society the ruling wealthy class lives in arcology buildings way up high mm. the common people live in squalor on the streets or below uh, the, the sub level which is really the mechanism that keeps the city moving or, or going infrastructure if you will Mm-hmm. Not a very nice place, violent, dirty, and to escape it, he takes a subscription for uh, an immersive adventure simulation, wherein you give the some basic rules to the simulation and it will create a second life for you. And yeah. you immerse into this thing, you sit on a in a pod, and you kind of go under, if you will, almost to a dream state, and that is where you live out whatever fantasy you have built for yourself you can be a fighter pilot in the battle of britain you can be as he is a soldier in ancient egypt that's his fantasy he wants to be a soldier back in the days of pharaoh but the problem is that it's expensive and he spends all of his dough on this thing and before he can withdraw and use his brain and not spend so much money he's addicted yeah. And that and that addiction is a problem because he can't leave it alone and he can't afford it and he's going down a dead end alley then the at the mm-hmm. end are the people who own the simulation and they want their money. Yeah. Now he has a problem he can't get out of and that's where his adventure begins.
0: Oh my gosh. Wow. I love how your your books all have that same sci-fi feel to it in one way or another but yet they go in completely different directions. Was this uh, <laughs> intentional? To,
1: to no, kind of... I thought I. I think if it, if there was any thought given to it, and I can't claim that there was, I don't think I'm that smart. Uh, I think it was that I let the book go where it wants to go when I'm when I'm dreaming this stuff up when I'm teaching myself the story. I I don't. Uh, I try not to to channel it uh if if it goes off onto a science or a science fantasy tangent which it did with seventh Life, I just follow it and it, with mm. the story if it works and I don't throw it away, then I just continued on that path. um uh, my series has a has a has a story to tell that is in segments, so that's channeled, mm-hmm. but the other stuff it's whatever is interesting and whatever. I don't know. The the stories develop, I think, of their own accord sometimes. And the direction they go is the direction they go. I just follow along to to keep notes, start the dialogue.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I'm aware that you are uh, quite the musician. you got a nice array. I can see you there with the the array of guitars behind us.
1: My guitar is back there. Yeah. Synthesizer back there. Yeah.
0: Wow. Do you have any music online
1: for people to check out? Uh, Not not yet, but I will at the end of the summer, and actually with a collaborator, a dear friend of mine named Eric Johnson, who I've known for years, and he's an excellent musician and a very smart guy, and we're collaborating on some digital music that is inspired, um, oddly enough, by Specimen 959 and the characters, (laughs) one of the characters, I should say, and uh, it's uh, kind of new age with an edge. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it gets a little violent, a little brutal. Some of it's very ethereal and, you know, the kind of stuff you'd get it while you're having a massage. But, you know, we're, we're again, we try not to lock ourselves into anyone or other genre. We just let it go the way it goes. There's no vocals. Neither of us are stupid enough to, to sing. But <laughs> I, I am not. I mean, Eric actually yeah. can sing. I cannot. So I don't go anywhere near it. But we'll see how that turns out. It should be ready to go maybe in the fall.
0: Oh my gosh, that's exciting. You'll have to let us know when uh, when that's available and we'll be sure to uh share that as well. It, it seems like you're you're definitely tapping into something that I, I've been hearing for the last year and a half, it seems like, since I had my first guest who had tie in music with their uh, their books, and then all of a sudden it seems like every couple of months I'll have another author and they have tie in music and then somebody yeah. else like, Yeah, I'm making music or, or they even um went to a website and hired somebody to make sure. music and it's, it it seems like this is uh, something of the future that uh, maybe books and music are going to start going together
1: you know it's it's i think we're closer to that now um I, I uh the trailer that i made for uh when the river ran dry which is i think it's on my website i um in fact i know it is that that synthesis of book and and music and even visuals in book trailers there was no, there was no such thing. And now, all of a sudden, you can find a book trailer for anything. And so that blending of the theatrical and the music with uh, with something that started out life as a literary word is mm. becoming a lot more common. and And I think it just it expands it and it gives the the reader, I don't know how to how to put it, some some more tangible uh, bits and pieces of a concept that they can hold on to. Mm-hmm. We remember and we memorize tunes associate them with things and it's nice that you can associate them with a book mm-hmm. or imagery from a, a, a trailer a video so I yeah. think that's really expanding a lot now wow that's
0: exciting well this has been this has been a lot of fun for me and I, I would love to just sit down and, and keep talking to you but I know we both have busy days ahead of us so uh, where can where can people find and follow you
1: uh, bhc press is uh, is my publisher all my books are available there um, on uh, rc davies that's my website you can go there i'm on social media as well primarily facebook and uh, and twitter to some degree instagram but that's such a – it's kind of not really suitable for, for book pushing but i'm definitely there at rc davies.com rc davies books on Twitter and on Facebook, I'm, I can be found there as well as on AIC, the Authors in Chains podcast. <laughs> yes. That we were fortunate enough to have you on the other day. That's another outlet you can find some of my stuff. So
0: and I'm you there. are, uh, and I was remiss to uh, to ask you. You're one of the founding members of the show, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. I, so,
0: real quick, how did that come about?
1: Um. You know it was interesting, Ray and I and uh in Glacier had not yet started. There were two other folks who were now gone, and we were kind of blathering back and forth in with things that we found humorous
0: mm.
1: in, uh, in in notification section of your Twitter account that was how we kind of ran across each other and I think ray uh Ray Bailey had suggested that we should do a we should get together and do a podcast and what I thought wow, that sounds like a cool idea. We goofed around and it sort of was born a little sooner than I, I thought he was kind of being facetious, but he was serious. <laughs> and the next thing I knew we were doing these shows and it just kind of took off from there, but it began with yucking it up on on Twitter between the, the four of us. And now Glacia has arrived and we've settled into a long-term project that seems to be working out very well. We're having a lot of fun with it. We have good guests on every once in a while. <laughs> Such as yourself. We had a lot of fun, so we yeah. keep doing it. Well, I really enjoy
0: it. I was I was telling Glacy uh during her visit with me that I you know I came in around episode six, checked out a couple episodes, and then was like, Yeah, I gotta go back to the beginning and and binge those first few and then get caught up. I've been following ever since. So uh running into her uh recently online and then connecting with you guys has been has been great. It's just like, oh my gosh, they want to talk to me. This is awesome. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> come on in. We had a ball. We all, we all were in very the uh, tight agreement. We were delighted to have you on. That was a really fun show.
0: Uh, well, you guys made it easy. And uh, I, I'm just thrilled to have you uh, here on my show. Got to get Ray on here and, uh, and then hopefully Absolutely. we'll
1: uh, all do it again sometime. Thank, thank, you thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it, Jason.
0: Thank you. And you have yourself a good rest of your day. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for me to step aside and hand the floor over to our guest, Robert Davies, with his book, When the River Ran Dry.
2: Novum, May 2180. Long past midnight, Ricky Mills hurried from streets still swarming with night people, angling quickly for a row of three-room flats along the King's Alley. Two days passed, and still the hot, relentless wind funneled down Waterford Avenue swirling dust and bits of rubbish into wandering vortices like drunken ballerinas in a wobbly aimless dance. One chased another through narrow canyons between towering buildings reaching ever higher into the dense overcast. Barely a kilometer from the city's central hub, Sector 4 was moving slowly into a quiet time when the clatter of traffic, sirens, and gunfire seemed to ebb, imperceptible at first, but noticed with silent gratitude by those who worked the late shift. Ricky held a hand to shield his face from the blustering wind, slowing as he turned into the alley. On the boulevard, haunting melodies made by synthesized connoons, ethnic and foreign, yet strangely familiar, blended with monotone background chords pouring from advertisement holograms hovering above an intersection. Beyond, prone bodies of two streeties the cast-off and forgotten ones who walked each day on the thin margin between life and death lay motionless in their stupor at the edge of a worn brick walkway. Beside them, spent injection ampules for a narcotic fluid neither could resist, told of hopelessness and poverty. A preview, Ricky wondered. Perhaps the old god remained after all to place before him a warning with magic hands no one could see. Kelleher, The grizzled caretaker from school used to say so, and Litzy believed him. But those were days when they were young, and no one challenged the word of grown-ups. And anyway, Ricky decided it was unlikely they would notice. Didn't gods concern themselves with better, more important things than street scum lying unconscious in a sector-four gutter? He shook away the disturbing notion, but tethered to the life he made for himself, Ricky knew it would always remain close by. When he reached the door of the tiny flat, Ricky turned his head to one side, instinctive and automatic, to listen for their footfalls or the scrape of a knife along rough concrete blocks the way Bartle and Junkyard always did to pull the fear from its hiding place and remind him of his position. Thin, powdery grit carried on the blustering wind crunched like glass between his teeth and he spat And reflex, rolling his tongue around to gather any reluctant bits before spitting a last time. He held his breath and waited, but there was only the rising wind and a persistent rattle from loose shutters somewhere beyond the darkened alley. At last, a faded green indicator lit with a dull snap as the door went ajar, easing the tension made by hours of another night on the streets. Ricky sat slowly, ignoring his blank vid screen where it dangled from a flimsy metal bracket the maintenance man screwed haphazardly into the wall. Only reruns of old sex shows or the brutal challenge programs would be found there at so late an hour. In the sudden, stark silence, Ricky could feel the muted thump of his heartbeat and a painful throb behind redden eyes, now pestering steadfast evidence of his fatigue. Without the wind to draw it from his skin, sweat beaded across his face and neck in the sweltering, stale room, wicking slowly into a worn recliner's threadbare upholstery. Silent, empty walls seemed to mock his loneliness, staring out from the dark through rectangular discolorations where framed photographs or paintings hung long before. The sparse furnishings never mattered to him, but perhaps it was fitting, he thought sadly. A three room hovel on the bad side of the sector was hardly an advertisement for success. Instead, it was a place of decay a forgotten enclave nestled in the bosom of an urban colossus that warranted neither costly renovation nor the trouble it would take to bring it down altogether. As it was for those who lived within its boundary, the neighborhood remained as it has always been, static and unchanged.
0: And that was Robert Davies reading a sample chapter from his award-winning book, when the river ran dry. Don't forget to click the link in the show notes for Mr. Davies, where you can find and follow him, his books on BHC Press, and his weekly show, Authors and Chains. Lots of fun stuff in there. Don't forget to also click the link for our podcast friends and sponsors alike. And hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out next time when I'm back with an all-new author, a new book, and a brand new sample chapter. Take care, everybody. Spread the kindness. And I'm going to see you again real, real soon.
1: This has been a presentation of the Project Entertainment Network.